This is your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope everyone's having a good day, getting ready for the holidays that are upon us and uh, having a a chance to uh, maybe think about relaxing a little bit over the weekend. Programming note, I think I've mentioned this once or twice, but no regularly scheduled shows next week. We'll have one bonus episode towards the end of the week. Lavelle Enil III and I will sit down and talk about everything we liked about 2021 and what we think about coming up in 2022. So I'll, that'll go um, that'll go live sometime late next week, but no other shows next week. Going to take a little break here. Maybe you guys can uh, get some time off as well. Hope you uh, have a chance for some downtime. Um, today we've got a lot of good stuff. Uh, Chris Ottman-Bell, Gophers football wide receiver, will join me here in just a little bit. Really enjoyed a conversation I had with him the other day as the Gophers are getting ready for the guaranteed rate bowl against West Virginia next week. Also chatted with Randy Johnson, Gophers football beat writer, a little bit more about that bowl game, about the season, and about where he sees them headed in 2022. Also, we'll have a pizza update. Um, Patrick Royce boldly claimed on Monday that he was older than pizza, and we have some corroboration from a listener. But first, what did I miss? We'll talk about a pair of lefties that are very essential to what's going on in basketball here, in men's basketball at least, in Minnesota. Let's start with Jamison Battle. Had a big game again for the Gophers uh, against Wisconsin Green Bay. Gophers ended up winning. It was a uh, it was a little bit of a struggle though. They were down 29-28 to a team that entered that game 2 and 8 but ended up pulling away for a 72-56 win. Jamison Battle, another big game for the Gophers. The left-handed shooter finished with 23 points, had 15 in the first half to at least keep them close. Um, he went six of seven from the field in the first half. Like Marcus Fuller and I talked about earlier this week, you know, he's the kind of guy that can get hot. He's their leading scorer. They depend on him for, you know, baskets to stop the bleeding, baskets to, you know, just scoring in spurts, which is so important. You know, without Jamison Battle, that game could have gotten really, really ugly. Um, he made a three-pointer near the end of the first half to get that margin down, and the Gophers ended up pulling away had a dunk um, in the midst of an early second half run. So the Gophers do wind up winning that game 72-56. They are now 10-1 and on the season, but certainly not the kind of game they wanted to have. Ben Johnson afterwards, you know, kind of talking about, you know, what, you know, what might have been and how, you know, how they did, they, how they don't want to play that way. Essentially, that was not, uh, you know, I said, I told him at halftime, I'm not told him I'm not going to lose my mind but I think they're a mature group. They knew the right response. I think it starts with you've got to have that inner drive. You have to have that inner juice yourself. And I think that's a good uh, that's a good point. I'm, I'm glad he kind of took that approach at halftime. You're not going to be able to go ranting and raving every time your team plays poorly in the first half. And uh, you know, so for them to be able to pull themselves out of that to figure out, you know, this is an, this is an opponent that we should be handling. We're not playing the right way. And uh, to pull out of that was a good thing, but still, still a lesson learned in a win is a uh, you know is better than a loss. Eric Curry after the game said, "The team that we were in the first half of this game wasn't a team that was trying to get better. We were just going through the motions. In these games, we've got to take advantage of a development. The second half, we kind of did that. So, 
maybe lesson learned. Tests are going to get tougher here. Not necessarily the next game against Alcorn State, but right after that, Big Ten play starts, Illinois, all sorts of good teams they're going to see in conference play. They cannot afford a half like that against many of the teams in the Big Ten. They're going to have to be back sharp like they were earlier in the year. The other left-hander I want to talk about is D'Angelo Russell, and I wrote about this a little bit on the Randball blog on Wednesday. Just the, you know, anybody who's watched the Wolves this season has seen the difference between the team when Russell plays, when Russell doesn't play, when Russell's having a good shooting night, when Russell's having a poor shooting night. Uh, but I was curious just what, just how stark the difference is, and it's it's pretty amazing this season. You can, you know, you can draw a straight line from, you know, where Russell is, you know, in or out of the lineup, um, you know, whether he's having a good shooting night. It's, it's such an influence on how they are playing right now. Here are the numbers as the Wolves head into tonight's game at Utah. Now, the 15 and 16 overall this season, 0 and 5 in games that Russell has missed, you know, and it's that. You're not. You're going to struggle without some of your your key players. I get that, but it's pretty stark. All five losses were double digit losses. All five losses were at Target Center. Now, granted, they were against pretty good teams. There was a couple against the Clippers, uh, one against Atlanta, one against Utah, one against Cleveland. So they're not playing, you know, the the lower half of the conference in in most cases. But still, all of them at Target Center. All of them by double digits. Average of 122 points allowed in those five games without D'Angelo Russell in the lineup. 15 and 11, then, in games he's played this season. In those 15 wins, Russell averaging 20.8 points, shooting 38.6% from three-point range. In the 11 losses, Russell averaging 15.8 points, shooting 25% from three-point range. Now, What's amazing is how good he's been on defense this year, at least statistically. He's got the third best defensive rating in the entire NBA of anybody who started at least 20 games this season. And, you know, when he combines that with making his threes, you know, when the Wolves won four in a row recently, he made almost half of his three-pointers during that stretch. Um, then, Then they're going to be in great shape. When he's not making his threes like he wasn't the other night against Dallas when he went just one of 11, that's when the streak came to an end. So, again... It's it's not rocket science that when your best players play and your best players play well, you're probably going to have a better chance to win. But with Russell, the splits are just so staggering. How much they have leaned on D'Angelo Russell this season kind of blows my mind. It just is not how I expected the year to go. I thought, if if anything, he was the expendable piece if they're going to go out and get someone like Ben Simmons, something like that. Um, instead, he's been really good on the defensive end consistently, and when he makes his shots, this Wolves team is a very tough team to beat. We'll see if they can do it tonight in Utah. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. All right, really happy to have Chris Ottman-Bell, Crab, we call him Crab, on uh, Daily Delivery today. Chris, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Um, you're coming back for a super, super season, sixth, uh, sixth year. You were just talking in the group setting kind of about 
the thought process going into that. It can't be an easy decision. Walk me through kind of you and your teammates are kind of making that decision for yourselves, but also kind of as a group, um, how did you arrive at the decision to come back for another year? Um, I first want to start out by saying that I appreciate my my teammates and my coaches for letting me just finish out the season first and before making this decision and you know being here right here right now before thinking about anything in the future. But um, I talked to my mom, you know, week in, week out about what I wanted to do. I was in here, I was here, I was there, I was here, there, what the decision I wanted to do. And I think at the Wisconsin game, I went in and talked to, I talked to Coach Simon, I talked to Coach Fleck, literally our conversation with each of them both. And, you know, I think I made the right decision to come back, you know, and get better within myself and be a better player, be a better leader, and just you know, take that one step, that last step in development so I can go into the, the, the future in the NFL with the, with the right mindset and stuff like this. So um, I think I made the right decision for myself. I get to come back and lead these guys to something even greater than what the, we've been or what we've seen. I know we can, and I just want to say I'm grateful to just had a, another chance to come back. I get to get my master's degree. Everything works out within coming back in the six years. So I'm grateful, I'm happy, and I'm excited to do it. What are you getting your master's in? Uh, youth studies. I'm a big guy. I love, I love the youth. I love giving back to the youth and just being a role model and a leader for those guys and the young kids. And I just love the kids, man. I love just being someone they can look up to and someone they can lean on. So I just that's what I got my I get my master's in. Very cool. I love to hear that. Um, you know, so you get three other you know key offensive guys coming back at the same time. You know, Tanner, um, Mo, obviously. Um, how much influence does you know when when one of them says, "Yeah, I'm doing it." How much does that you tug you a little bit in that direction? Um, I think Mo was the first one to say he was coming back, and you know, I kind of hit my mind like, you know, that's my. That's my guy I came in with. You know, I'm, it, you know, it's, it's coming back was, it, it definitely wasn't on his mind. Obviously, you know, it was more, I'm more him, but seeing a, a leader like that, you know, saying he put everything to the side and put his, put his self first, put his teammates first to come back for one more year just to prove to himself, like the same thing I did is just proving to himself that he can do this and he can be that guy. Um, it kind of played a part in it for sure. Turner coming back, John Mike coming back. I talked to those guys and it was just one of those things like, to be come back and do something special just one more time as together with the guys you came in with. So um, it definitely played a huge part, and um, as you can see, I'm back. So. And uh, one more thing about the the decision to come mm-hmm. back. Kirk Shiraka decides he's going to be the offensive coordinator in that kind of in that time frame. How does that play into your <clears throat> into your decision? Because yeah. he obviously had you had some success with him in 2018 and 2019. Um, I definitely made the I made the decision for myself. You know, it's kind of the thing. I didn't let, like, anything that happened within, like, the, the changes, coaching staff changes or anything. I, I kind of made the decision for myself. But Coach Sirach definitely made it. Uh, he did it. He was a huge impact on the decision. Like I said, I, I've been with Rock since Western Michigan. Came to, came to my school. I've known Rock for a while. Literally, as soon as he came back, we started joking around again. Like, he's been here. Um, I love him. I love, he's, he's been here for – he hasn't been here, but he, I've obviously been with him for a while and everything. So um, I'm, it definitely played a huge role. Great guy. Even great mindset on the field and just the way he moves and how he acts and how he learns and does stuff is something I've always looked up to. So having Coach Rocker back has definitely been a huge thing. And I was going to ask you about you know Western Michigan. You were kind of among that first wave. You had committed there. PJ gets the job here. You follow him here. You know him you know as, about as well as any of these players here. You probably know PJ as, as well as anybody. First... Just kind of talk me through the the journey from from <laughs> then to now, and then I'm going to ask you about yeah. your impressions of, of PJ Fleck. Um, it was a huge journey, man. We, me and Coach Fleck, joke about it all the time. Um, I committed to him. He was leading my first offer, gave me the, uh, literally the first chance to come play at a Division One level. Um, I literally got the offer from Coach Callahan. Shout out to Coach Callahan. Got the offer from him. I went up to Western Michigan to visit. I think that weekend, committed on site. Um, a couple months later, a couple weeks later, I don't know when it was, um, he left to Minnesota. 
And I, me, this is what me and him joke about all the time. I, I told my mom, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not going wherever he goes. If that he leaves, that's on him. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bronco. I'm a Western Michigan Bronco. And as soon as he calls me, I say I'm flipping regardless. So, uh, it, it was, it was, a, it was a funny night. But I made the right decision. I didn't even look at Minnesota or haven't been here. I just committed on site because I knew I was with the right people. And now I'm here. You know, I've been here for five years, going on six next year. And, I couldn't be any more grateful than what I've been through and what I've done. So, and, uh, what what Coach Flake is to me, he's, he's an energy sparker. He's really like my dad away from home. Um, I go to him about anything. I talk to him about anything. We joke around about anything. Um, same thing with Heather and my mom, mom and Heather. Like, I love those. I love them to death. Those are my people. You know, I can call them. They call me whatever they want, whatever they need anything. Same vice versa here. And it's just it's just people you can lean on. It's people you can trust. Like the culture here in at Minnesota is just amazing. I'm just glad having my life. What's you know we see PJ Fleck and kind of fits and spurts. We see him on the sideline. We get him in these media sessions, but you see him you know day in yeah. day out. What what's PJ Fleck like? What's your like? What, is he different at all behind the scenes than he is in what we see? Whatever you guys see is what you get, man. That guy's he's the one hundred percent truth no matter what. He's energetic. He's passionate, loving. He's the guy that he's gonna get it done regardless. Like you never see him down. You, you never. He might be tired, but he's out. He's literally up, and he's he's a, he's the energy is never. It's, it's it's a certain standard with Coach Fleck, and his standard is high all the time, and he's never coming down from that standard. We were doing elite work, and will not come down, and that's what he that's what he lives by, and that's what he brings these guys by. So, um, he's energetic, and he's just that passionate guy that's always up and and loving love. He loves what he does. So, I'm I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that. You had you know, obviously this year some injury problems, things like that. How I mean, how hard is it when you're not at a hundred percent? You're trying to get healthy, things like that, in the midst of a season. Um, and it's never, it's never the thing. It never, it's never what you want to go through. Injuries suck. Uh, you know, it's literally nothing you want to go through. But I think when you put yourself last and put your teammates and your your this state and you put your your coaches and everyone, you put this Minnesota first and you go out there and you play ball. Everything, injuries, all that stuff, that stuff goes out the window. You just play ball because you love it. You're doing the game that you love, and you're doing it for the people next to you. You're doing it for the people that watch these games. People do it for people that love Minnesota, the alumni, everything else. So that's what I thought about this entire season was, you know, I'm hurt, yes, but put that to the side and play for the people that, you know, that, that love this game that, you know, you're playing with. So that's that was one of my biggest things from it. Final thought for you: Bowl game obviously coming up next week. You get to go down to get to go down to Arizona, which yeah. is not the worst place to be in uh, December when you are living in Minnesota. Just one more chance to play this year. I mean, with this group, what, what does that mean to you, and how important? You know, even if it's not like you know, we're not talking about national championship. We are talking about momentum. We are talking okay. about wanting to finish this year strong. Listen, it's, we're playing for a trophy, and we're, you know we're playing for that. It's the next, the next right game is the next step. Regardless, we're playing to win a championship game. And that's what we you know we're playing for our one last game together as a 2021 team. So um, I think winning this game will definitely be important. Spring ball, just shoot us right into the winter workouts with momentum and everything. But you know, uh, I think just playing this one last game. I think bowl games are special because you get to play that, you get to prepare that one last time with that one team before it changes all again next year. So and it just restarts. So I think uh, we're all excited to get out to Phoenix and play ball with each other one last time um, and just have fun with each other. So. Chris Ottman Bell, great perspectives. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. I was just really impressed talking to Chris Ottman Bell. Good perspectives. Just a really nice guy. Um, hadn't spent a lot of time with him one on one before, but really enjoyed that conversation. And interested to see how this Gophers offense looks next season with those four key returning players coming back for that extra year and 
Kirk Shiraka coming back as offensive coordinator. If they can combine a more potent offense with the sort of defense they played this season, that will be a pretty impressive combination. And let's not forget, the, the start of the schedule next season is very forgiving. Six of the first seven games next year at home. Um, an interesting start to the Big Ten schedule. Iowa first up on the Big Ten schedule next year after non-conference play that sees them against New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado. Then, like I said, it's Iowa, then home against Rutgers, at Illinois, home against Purdue. Now, it does get considerably tougher in the back half. you got at Nebraska, at Michigan State, home against Northwestern, at Penn State, at Wisconsin. That's going to be no picnic, but a chance to build some early momentum next season especially if they have the kind of offense they hope they will have with all of these guys coming back. Happy to have Gopher football beat writer Randy Johnson back on Daily Delivery, part of a, uh, let's call it a guaranteed rate bowl preview kind of today with Randy and Chris Ottman-Bell, wide receiver for the Gophers on the show. Um, Randy, how you doing? Oh, very good. Good. You getting uh, getting ready to head down to... Arizona, there's worse places to spend a few days in December compared to Minnesota. I think the Gophers leave today uh, for uh, for for uh, for the bowl game, the festivities. So they'll have a good long trip down there. And uh, maybe just right from the start, I'm sure people are kind of curious. Just you know, with COVID impacting a lot of different leagues, a lot of different things. Like as of what we know right now, everything is still all systems go with this, right? Yep, that's those are the exact words that uh, uh, the the PR director, the communication director of the bowl game, told me on Tuesday. Uh, you know, haven't haven't uh, today's Wednesday. Haven't heard uh, yet. Uh, there's anything else going on, but uh, yeah, basically they're you know uh, they'll unless something happens, everything's uh, scheduled to go on his uh, on his schedule. Now this is you know if we as we talked about maybe a week or two ago, this isn't the bowl game that the Gophers necessarily aspired to you know they went into the final week of the season with the chance at least to maybe get to Indy to play in the Big Ten championship game and and maybe you know set their sights on bigger targets now that said from as you've covered a number of these you know bowl seasons how what what's the importance of this do you think to a program what do you think the Gophers are hoping to kind of get out of this not not just this game but this time leading up to it um yeah I think it's a, a a few different things you know First of all, it's a reward for a season. You know, you, they uh, finished strong beating Wisconsin for the axe. Uh, this is a you know, nice little, I guess, uh, getaway jaunt. Uh, you get, get to go someplace nice and warm. Uh, you're not going to Detroit like they did in, in 18. Um, they uh, avoided going to New York, I guess, this time of year. That had been a little cooler. Um, so, yeah, you'll get in some good weather. But you're all, you'll also, you'll also have a chance to – get a good look at their future too. Uh, you know, the, you get 15 practices for, for the bowl season. Um, that gives them a, a good chance to, to look at some, uh, some players that they'll have to rely on next year. Who, who stands out in that mix? Do you think, I mean, it's a long ways off and I'm sure they're, you know, still evaluating everybody, but maybe not even just individuals, but as you think about positions of need positions that will need, you know, some of these younger players who haven't played yet to step in, where, where do you, how do you assess that as we kind of spin forward to 2022? I think both uh, the offensive and defensive lines are going to have uh, big losses uh, in personnel. So yeah, the younger guys, if they, when they get, when they get in, if they get in, you'll, you'll have a chance to see what they can do. Um, you know, those are two important uh, spots. The offense line is going to lose 
four starters. They have one uh, very good starter coming back in John Michael Schmitz, who, who uh, just declared uh, um, last week that he's coming back. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, then on defense, you'll, you know, they're, they're losing a couple ends and uh, presumably they haven't announced it yet, but the uh, boy, Mafe and uh, says he, um, who are, are uh, bound for the senior bowl. Um, so yeah, you, you'll look at the, the younger guys in those positions. Um, yeah, then they'll be looking probably at uh, see what they have in the secondary with some younger guys and then uh, a linebacker also. I thought it was interesting. You mentioned, you know, one key player coming back is four really key players on offense coming back and including, you know, Tanner Morgan, uh, Mo Ibrahim and, uh, and Chris Ottman Bell, who we had on the show just a little while ago. And, you know, Chris Ottman Bell mentioned a number of factors influencing his decision to come back. One of them though, he said was, you know, the, the return of offensive coordinator, Kirk Shiraka. I don't think we can overlook that as a motivating factor in, you know, these guys wanting one more go around and maybe with the guy who they had the most success with. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's a, that's a big thing for Chris there. You know, his season was uh, derailed early because of that high ankle sprain. And you know, he, he probably didn't put up the, the numbers that he had hoped to. And he, I think he's looking to have a, a dominant season and having uh, Kirk Shiraka back as a coordinator and, you know, expecting him a lot more on the passing game next year. Uh, if that's the case, then uh, Chris Ottman Bell will be front and center in that role. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, with all the youth they're probably going to be leaning on in some cases, nice to have four you know, sixth year guys basically coming back to, uh, to anchor the offense, at least, and, you know, in a defense that was very good this year, we'll see if they can keep that going in the bowl game and beyond, um, you know, Ottman Bell in his general uh, media availability on Tuesday did mention um, West Virginia's, he liked, he said a lot of complimentary things about West Virginia's defense. Um, as you think about this matchup, I mean, I don't think people put a ton of, uh, you know, go into a ton of X's and O's into these kind of, you know, mid-level bowl games, but you know, a, a, what are some things to watch from your perspective as we think about this game coming up? Yeah, I like just the contrast. To, uh, you're getting a Big Ten team against a uh, Big 12 team, and you don't, you don't see that too often. Um, it's a little bit of an unknown. Okay, how how good is West Virginia on defense? Uh, you know, the Big 12 hasn't been known to have the, the best defensive teams out there, but uh, you, you see a team like Oklahoma State that, that popped up this year. It was pretty good. Um, West Virginia's uh, leading running back uh, has de- declared early for the draft, so they'll have a big hole uh, to fill. Letty Brown there, he was, he was over 1,000 a, a yards this year. Um, yeah, then the, the quarterback situation, too. Um, you know, they, they use a couple of them. Uh, so it, it's, it's, you know, the Gophers defense will have, you know, have to be able to do multiple things. And they've, they've planned that way in certain games this year and it's worked out for them. Randy, last question for you. Um, I have a taco bet with the access Vikings guys. I took Gophers wins at the start of the year. They took Vikings wins. We did this two years ago, by the way, and I won. 11 to 10 because the uh, the bowl game counted the bowl game still counts this year as well um how do you how do you see this one shaking out will the gophers get to nine will the vikings get to nine is this going to be a push how do you handicap the uh the 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 taco bet at this moment wow that's a good question um on the gophers end of it i believe they will get to to nine wins I, i i believe they'll find a way to be west virginia i you know i'm I always scarred by earlier results like uh, Bowling Green and something like that. I, it's, you know, it, you, you have to wonder a little bit, but 
they, they're, they're, they've been playing pretty well lately. Um, I, I think they'll take care of business down there. As for the Vikings, uh, well, you, you know they're going to play to the level of competition. That's what we've seen all all uh, all year long. They're seven and seven, and they've earned that seven and seven. Um, so we got they got the uh, the Packers at the Packers, well, yeah. Packers Rams, Packers, at, and at, Bears. Bears here, and they're at seven. So two and one or one and two. Um, I'm going to say that. Mr. Rand, you win the taco bet. I think I like my chances too, but I'm also, you know, you got to get the guy, the Gophers got to get to nine because the, the Vikings are going to win at least one of these. If the Gophers lose yeah. that bowl game, I'm going to feel pretty bad about the, the wager. Um, I think my odds are slightly better than 50% though at this point that I'm going to win. And I think, you know, if I had to say the, the most likely outcome at this point, though, still does maybe feel like a tie. At which point, maybe everybody gets tacos, and we just we all go. Out well, for tacos yeah, that. that's that's always a good thing. You know, I, I, I um, yeah, watching the Vikings this year, it's been tough to to handicap. They're, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> they've been. I don't know for fans. I'm sure it's pretty frustrating. It is indeed. Well, Randy, enjoy your time down in Phoenix. While look for his coverage down at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. You'll be down there for a few days beforehand, and then of course covering the game on the 28th. Is that the date? Yeah, Tuesday the 28th, uh, 9.15 Central Start. So uh, get, get your coffee, Diet Coke, whatever it is to keep you up late. Uh, no, it, uh, it's on ESPN, so people should be able to get it. That's that's streamed most places now, isn't it? Uh, I'm not it is sure. still even on YouTube TV now. They brought it back after just a couple of days. So, yes, most people get uh, most people get ESPN these days. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Randy. Have a good one. A good breakdown from Randy. As always, follow all of his work. He will be in Phoenix for the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, and uh, you should check that out for sure early next week. Let's finish with the cooler. On Monday's show, Patrick Royce boldly claimed that he was older than pizza, and I was it blew my mind because I've not ever known a world or a life without pizza. And I grew up eating pizza. It's just how it was. And I was born, you know, in the mid-70s, so I'm a little bit younger than Royce by just a few decades. Royce born in 1945, saying basically when he was growing up and when he was young, pizza was not a thing. And, you know, I looked it up. Now, pizza, the first pizza place, I think, was in, you know, New York. First U.S. pizza place, anyway, was, was here over 100 years ago, 1905, I believe, in New York. But, um, maybe didn't reach Fulda where Royce grew up, and I got a I got a, a direct message on Twitter from uh, Minnesota Supreme Court Justice Barry Anderson uh, saying corroborating Royce's story. Said as per Royce, I graduated from Mankato High School in 1973 and had heard nothing about this pizza thing. 1973, not having pizza is that. How did it take so long to get where, you know, to get that to, to, to spread across the country? Because that is a, it just blows my mind because pizza is so widespread now, so ubiquitous, such a thing that is everywhere it, that, that there was a time not that long ago. Maybe that's only that's only three years before I was born that people in parts of, you know, large parts of this country perhaps did not have access to pizza. Anyway, just thought I'd close the loop on that. Uh, a little history lesson about pizza for you. Definitely not sports-related, but I found it interesting anyway. 
That'll do it for today's show. Good stuff coming up Friday. Mark Craig with his NFL picks. Ben Gessling will join me, too, to talk about Vikings and Rams. Should be a good show there. Thanks for joining me here today. Be back at it on Friday.